Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's worship together. Would you sing with us? Stand and sing, please. One. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is he. And together we sing. Holy is the Lord. Well, good morning. morning. It is so good to see you as we gather to worship on this World Communion Sunday. 
Our communion offering for today benefits the Methodist Higher Education Scholarship. Operation Christmas Child boxes are available in the North X for $2 each. If you have not done so, please sign up to work some shifts in the pumpkin patch. Next Sunday, we will have worship in the patch. We will only have one service, so don't show up early. And it will be at 1030. And please bring a lawn chair. The scripture reading this morning is Leviticus 19, verses 9 through 19. And this is from the New International Version. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear the God. I am your Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek refuge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love, yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Keep my decrees. Do not make different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let us pray. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell you, to tell of your love and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of liberty and the freedom to assemble and worship you, the only God. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to walk in faith that your kingdom might be made known to all. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I know I have been making announcements for Trunk or Treat for like weeks now, and you guys are all sick of hearing it, so I thought I would do another one and explain, <laughs> explain what Trunk or Treat is, because it's a term that maybe if you don't have young kids, you haven't heard of before. It is a take on traditional trick-or-treating. We you know, usually go house to house to collect candy on Halloween, and we don't really play tricks on kids anymore, do we? That's gone out of fashion. 
But trunk or treat would happen in a safe area, traditionally in a parking lot. We tend to do it on church grounds or in another safe area. This year we're doing it in Old Town Holotus. And the idea is to give kids who maybe don't have the safest neighborhood to walk through, and I'm not just talking about crime, right? I'm talking about, does anybody have NASCAR drivers in their neighborhood? Because we have a lot. And I don't like my kids being in the front yard because those NASCAR drivers don't look to see who's maybe crossing the street. Or kids who live in an area where they just don't, there's not a lot of children, maybe a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of children, so trick-or-treating is not really an option in their neighborhood. That's where trunk-or-treat comes in. It gives them a safe place to go around and celebrate Halloween, because we all love Halloween, right? Who doesn't love free candy? And it's our opportunity as a church to participate in a community event that's not necessarily focused on worship, right? It's an opportunity for us to be Jesus to the people around us by our actions and not by reading out of the Bible. Jesus taught us to, to have hospitality without question to everybody we meet. And it's our opportunity to do that, just like the pumpkin patches. And if you haven't signed up to volunteer, I would encourage you to think about doing so. I know it maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea, but there's more than just passing out candy. We need help with set up and tear down. We need help working little carnival games for the kids to do. We need crossing guards, actually, funny enough, to cross the street. And so if you have any interest in doing that, the sign-up sheet is out there. It is October 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. And starting today... We are um, collecting candy for it. So if you want to sugar up somebody else's kids and not have to deal with them, we would love to have you donate candy. There is a collection bin both in the lobby out here and in the fellowship hall. And we will collect through October 30th. I will stop by the church in the morning to see if there's any candy donations that day, too, because we want to make sure we have more than enough for the kiddos who come through to all be spoiled, right? Maybe? Okay, Pastor Jim agrees. All right. If I can invite the kiddos forward, we'll do our children's sermon. Well, good morning, kiddos. I have a question for you guys up here and the kiddos out there. Do you guys, do you guys like dirt? No. no? You don't like dirt? What about when it becomes wet? No. And then it's mud? Do you like making mud pies? I know the answer to that because I, I see them in our backyard all the time. What is a good type of dirt? Like if I wanted to grow plants, because I really like plants... If I wanted to grow plants, I need soil. But what's, what does that mean? Can I use the stuff that's out there with all the little rocks in it? Can I use, like, stuff that you find on the beach? No, that's not soil? What is that? It's sand. What about, oh, what about that red stuff that's kind of hard? No? Have you guys seen that? What is that? Clay. Clay, that's right. Any Georgians here? So there's different types of soil, and if I want to plant a plant, I have to have them in the right type of soil, right, for the plant to grow? What if I wanted to plant something that's maybe not a normal plant? Do you think I need to make my soil ready for that also? Yeah. If I want something to grow, it has to have the opportunity to grow, right? Well, God's word, I bet you didn't notice, is like a seed. His word that he speaks to us in the Bible and his words that he speaks to us every day of our lives are like seeds, and he's trying to plant them in our hearts. But if we haven't gotten our hearts ready to be planted, are those seeds going to grow? No, they're not, right? The seed falls on something like sand. It's not going to grow, is it? Because sand doesn't hold very much water. And it washes away easily. What about that clay stuff? Is it going to grow in that clay stuff? Probably not very well. When clay dries out, it cracks, right? I have a little plant in my backyard right now that is straddling a crack and hanging on for dear life, and it's not doing so well. 
It's very sad looking, and it's not thriving, right? But if I put a plant in good soil, like potting soil, like you said, what's it going to do? It's going to grow really well, right? It has all the nutrients it needs in that soil to grow up big and strong. Our hearts are the same way. If our hearts are like sand or clay or rock, if they are hard against God's word, if they're angry or bitter, if they're frustrated, if they're distracted by the things that are happening around us, by what our friends think and what our friends want to do, they're not going to grow God's word as well as if they're ready to hear God's word, if they're open and loving towards it. Did you know that? So we're going to talk today about a story Jesus told about growing God's word in our hearts when we go to spark worship. But before that, let's say a prayer. Can you guys bow your heads, fold your hands, close your eyes, and say, Dear God, open our hearts to the seed of your word so that we can follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, the kiddos are going to exit for spark worship from this side there. Good morning. Good to see all of you all here on this beautiful October morning that it is. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous out there. It, hopefully, it'll keep it up for the whole month of October, right? So today's World Communion Sunday. It's the Sunday that we recognize the fact that there are Christians all over the world celebrating communion this morning, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I was thinking about this. I always think about these things. Y'all know what tomorrow is, right? You can say Monday. You can, you, 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 you can say October the 4th. But tomorrow is the 64th anniversary of Sputnik. Now, for my money, and of this would be an interesting point of discussion, there are a few things that happened in the 20th century that are more important. And, and, and I imagine there's some of you in here that don't even know how to read a map because you've got a GPS in your car and you press, you, you put in the address of where you're going or even speak in the address of where you're going and you get a voice that may get you there or may get you lost. But anyway, Sputnik was absolutely the precursor to all of that. Moreover, we most of us carry these little boxes around in our pockets, right? Our communicators, and you can talk to folks all over the globe, right? Because of those little little balls of electronics that are floating around up there a couple of hundred miles above us in geosynchronous orbit. So it's something to think about, not to mention the myriad other things that have taken place because of what we used to call the space race, right? And now we've even got private companies putting people who can afford it into space. So an interesting thing. And of course, all of that being said, what's that got to do with World Communion Sunday? It's actually got a lot to do with World Communion Sunday because it, it really shows us what a small place the world is these days. You know, we really are tied together in ways that generations before us have never been tied together. Yet, 
right here in River City, right? You know, we got trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool, right? But it's not pool, but, you know, as the, as the music man would say, but, but we, we are more connected than we've ever been, but we're also, a lot of us are more separate than we've ever been, right? How come? Why is that? Anyway, I think there's some insight in that in our scripture lesson today. And today, uh, to keep everybody up to speed, I'm starting, I'm, for the month of October, I'm doing a series on the fruit of the Spirit. You know, and it, it, it is fruit of the Spirit. That already is a plural. It's sort of like science. Some universities have uh, colleges of arts and sciences but they don't have a very strong grammar department. So science is already plural, as is fruit. So I'm starting a series on the fruit of the Spirit for October. This morning we're going we're gonna to talk some about soil and planting, and then we will go on for the other Sundays of this month. With the exception of the 24th, our district superintendent, Greg Hackett, will be here on October the 24th, uh, Rebecca and I will be out of town. This Sunday, next Sunday, the 17th and the 31st, Reformation Day, we'll be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And today's sermon text comes from the Gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 20. Consider the word of the Lord. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there. While the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil, And brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was done, those who were around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret 
of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables in order that they may indeed look but not perceive. They may indeed listen but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sung, sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things comes in and choke the word and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30 and 60 and 100-fold. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sent your Son, the Word, into the world. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. So, of course, Jesus tells us in another place who the sower is, right? It's God. And, of course, we know in, in uh, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word came into the world, right? And the darkness did not overcome it. So Jesus says when, the word, when God's Word goes out, there are basically four kinds of people. I figured there were only three kinds of people, but I guess I'm wrong because Jesus says there's four kinds of people. You know, you know. I, I thought the three kinds of people, you know, the of uh, the 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 people were of those that made things happen, those that watched things happen, and those that wondered what happened. All right, <laughs> but uh, but but Jesus says there's four four types, right? And of course, and the types represent soil. So really, the, the, as, as Jesse did a good job of in the children's sermon, the trick is, is for all of us to be good soil. Good soil. That's, 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 what we're, uh, that's what we're supposed to be. Not just dirt, right? But good soil. And, uh, but first off, a, 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 a few words about what Jesus said. He says, okay, sometimes the word goes out and... The adversary comes and immediately takes it away, you know. 
Uh, that's the seed that falls by the path. And, uh, and it's just, you know, that, that seed really doesn't get into any soil or it's sort of just a superficial hearing. And then he says, some of it falls on rocky ground. And depending upon your translation, the New, the new Revised Standard, which we, we have, which I read this morning, which we have in most of the Pew Bibles, uh, it says the reason it doesn't last is because it doesn't take root in themselves, in themselves. And it says when trouble comes along, when trouble comes along or there's, there's opposition because of the word and what? They get offended. Again, friends, let me remind you, one of the things that Christians are not supposed to do is get offended. Jesus tells us that in several places. There's uh, nothing good comes from being offended. It's sort of like resentment. It's sort of like anger. It happens sometimes, but there ain't nothing that good comes from it. You know, and Jesus tells us again in several places not to take offense, right? It's not about it's not about you and the other person ever. It's always about you and God. Period. That's it. So he says, but these people don't have any root in themselves, so the plants pop up, the sun beats down on them, and they croak, right? That's it. There's nothing. And they don't produce any fruit. And then he said some of it falls, and there's probably, there's almost good, you know, there's pretty good soil here because the thorns grow up, right? The people receive it, but the cares of this world, none of us have any cares in this world, right? The cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, right? The deceitfulness of riches. I had a friend who had, there was a memorial service for yesterday afternoon. And uh, he was comfortable materially, but so it goes, right? There's a common fate for all of us. The deceitfulness of riches don't do any, anything, uh, you know. And the pursuit of other things, right? All of these things have the ability of choking off the Word inside of us and not allowing us to bear fruit, to bear fruit. And again, that's the name of the game, right? To bear fruit. We're told that over and over and over again throughout Scripture. It was even alluded to in the scripture reading in Leviticus chapter 19 that Sharon read this morning. It says, you know, when you harvest, well, you harvest something that's born fruit, right? When you harvest, don't pick every last ear of corn. Leave some of it for the people who don't have fields and are, and are walking through. And again, again, the best interpreter of Scripture is Scripture itself. And we see that lived out in Ruth. Read the book of Ruth, right? She goes out and gleans in the fields that are there because that's the, that's the law. That's the way it is. And 
the, the fruit is born. But anyway, this group of people, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pursuit after other stuff prevents them from bearing any fruit, from bearing any fruit. And then there's the fourth type. The fourth type is the good soil, right? The good, rich soil. You know, deep, dark, got a lot of nutrients in it, and all of that. And it produces, and notice this too, Jesus', Jesus parables are so good on many levels. And, and we could discuss a whole other level here about the Word and Israel, but we won't do that this morning, which I believe Jesus was saying to some of his audience there as well. But it produces what? 30, 60, or 100-fold. God's way is through multiplication, not addition, right? If you plant an apple tree, you don't just get one apple, right? Hopefully, hopefully you get, you, get, uh, you get a tree that bears many apples, and it goes on, you know? And that's a great example of God's, you know, you know that in itself is a great example of God's multiplication because you can go out and count the apples on your apple tree, right? But you can't count the apples of a single seed of one of those apples because they multiply, right? They multiply. And that's the way God intends for us to be. And we have been somewhat successful at this, or this group of us wouldn't be sitting here this morning, right? The first people that were sitting out there on the seashore listening to Jesus bobbing around in the boat, right? Some of them took to heart what he said. Some of them heard it, accepted it, and bore fruit. So how can we be good soil? To me, that's really the academic question. That's really the, the goal of all of us. And again, and again, in our tradition, we would call that sanctification. If we're totally sanctified, we would be really good soil. Well, I think it's pretty simple. I think most of the things in Scripture, I think most of the things in life are really pretty simple. It's, it's us that complicate them, right? The first thing we have to do is do what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 6.33. If we want to be good soil, we seek first Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? That's the fundamental thing. That is, that is the thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. One of my favorite psalms of David's is Psalm 18. And one of the things David says in Psalm 18 is, right, I will magnify the Lord. I will glorify the Lord. He is worthy to be praised, right? Y'all know this. We sing this. And what? So shall I be saved from my enemies, right? The first thing is always seeking God. It's the first commandment, right? Have no other gods before me. If you want to be good soil, seek first God. 
The next thing you want to do if you want to be good soil is you obey what Jesus told us to do. In fact, in Matthew 28, 20, we all know it. We're supposed to go into the world and make disciples for the transformation of the world. And we're supposed to teach those people to what? Obey everything that I have commanded you, right? That's what Jesus told us to do. I was talking about this being World Communion Sunday and having some division between some of us in the world. And, you know, one of those places, sadly, we see that is in our own church, right? You know, it seems that some people, even in our own denomination, think that the church is supposed to be transformed by the world and not the other way around, right? We're the ones that are supposed to, with God's help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, be transforming the world. We're not the ones that are supposed to be sitting here and letting the world transform us. It's that simple. So how do you do that? You obey Jesus. And, and again, that's not complicated. He said, what? He said, follow me. That's not too hard to do. Follow Jesus. He said, abide in me, right? That's where he told us who the sower was in John 15. He said, my father is the husbandman, right? My father is the gardener. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll do what? Bear much fruit. Bear much fruit, right? That's what he says. That's what he says. And then he says what? Love one another as I have loved you, okay? Those are the things we need to obey from Jesus. We need to follow him. We need to abide in him, and we need to love one another. Obey him, and we'll be good soil. And then we need always remember that everybody we see, especially including us, were made in the image of God, right? In the image of God, God made humankind. Genesis 9, 6, right? We are all God's children. And Jesus reiterated that to his disciples when they came to him and they said, Teach us how to pray, right? And we all know it. We're going to say it in a few minutes, right? We started out with our Father, right? Our Father, okay? God's our Father. We're all created in God's image. And then another element of good soil and also a bearing fruit in general is light, right? You see it coming through the windows. You see the sunshine out there. You know, there is no photosynthesis. There is no, there is no fruit produced in the absence of light, in darkness. And again, Jesus told all of us, what? John 5, 14, you all know it. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, you know, which is, which is interesting Again, it's so, it, it, praise the Lord, God ties everything together so well if we but, as Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, or I might paraphrase that, eyes to read, you know, but, but of course, as I've mentioned to you all a couple of times over the years, it's a great habit when you read your Bible to read out loud. 
Because the way God made us is we catch on quicker if we listen to it. We retain it better if we listen to it, if we hear it. Remember, this, this gospel that I just read, uh, Mark, and the other passages that I've alluded to, the first audiences were, as the, as the term audience implies, listen to it, right? They listened to it. They didn't have anything written for them to read. They heard the Word. They heard the Word, okay? In David's psalm that I already alluded to once this morning, Psalm 18, verse 28, he says what? He says, you have lit my lamp, or words to that effect, depending upon your translation, and your illumination wipes out the darkness, wipes out the darkness. And again, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. If we are illuminating people, if we're wiping out the darkness in their lives, then we will bear much fruit. We really will, and we'll be good soil. So to be good soil, as you come to the table this morning, I want you to remember I want you to remember, because that's what we're doing, remember Jesus who was the Word that was sown into the world. But I also want you to ask yourself, how can I be better soil? And remember, it's not hard. Seek God first. Obey Jesus Remember that you and everybody are made in the image of God. And go out there and let your lights shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to God. Amen? Please open your hymnals to page 12. And if you're visiting with us this morning or if you've never had the opportunity to share communion with us, this is the Lord's table. It's not the table of Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. Everyone is welcome. There are a few folks among us who it's harder to get down to the front than it is for some of the others. So this morning, Sharon and I are going to serve those people first. And then when we're done, when we come back up here, it'll be time for the ushers to direct the rest of you up here to receive the elements. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from one every nation and people to live on the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today, his family in all the world is joining at his holy table. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.